0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Forgotten Conservative. It is 0639, June 21st, 2022, in the year of our Lord, 2022. Uh, Real quick, uh, just kind of hit me. You ever notice, you know, uh, society um, in this country the, the other side, the left, the progressives, et cetera, um, try to diminish God from everything. You can't do this in schools. You know, there's a, a coach, uh, Joe Kennedy, not sure what state, maybe Colorado, don't quote me, uh, case before the Supreme Court. Uh, it should be released Tuesday, uh, today, Thursday, or the following Tuesday uh, about a coach that, prayed after a game. Um, I don't wanna go into all the details, but let's just focus on the fact that it it surrounded prayer after a football game, so on and so forth. And he was fired. Uh, The point is, which I hope he wins. I hope the Supreme Court does the right thing. They've got Moses, they've got the 10 commandments. They got all this stuff etched in marble at the Supreme Court. And since about the 40s, they've slowly el- eliminated in some of their decisions and the left constantly pursues to re- to remove religion, faith, and, and God from our-, our culture, our society, when in the beginning we were founded one nation under God. Now, they didn't add under God... Uh, In the pledge until way later, but that's how we were founded. Uh, You see this with communist countries, Russia, China, etc. But they substitute our faith with their faith in these false issues. And uh, yet, how do we measure time, measure years? 2022. Um, They used to call it Anno Domino or after death. Uh, I don't know what kind of horse pucky they've come up with now to reduce the emphasis on before Jesus, before Christ, BC, uh, or after death, Anno Domino. But uh, just a a side fact, you know, just something that tends to, uh, if you analyze, you don't even have to really analyze, you don't have to think deeply, but to understand that they're just trying to eliminate the faith in, in a higher power, because ultimately that side wants your faith to be in government, to to rely on the government. Um, the phrase that's been around for decades, cradle to the grave, you know, society where you're dependent upon the government um, this is a rare midweek podcast um, i'd wanted to do it uh, and get to it before today's results uh election day primaries etc uh, to illustrate part of why we're in the position that we're in before the results came out i didn't want this to not necessarily be sour grapes but i wanted to at least record this podcast prior to these results that will come forth this evening later this evening uh in the alabama senate runoff on the republican side you've got two candidates mo brooks and katie britt uh, katie britt is a Mitch McConnell lapdog. Uh, she's been around Washington politics. Uh, I don't know her exact history, but I've I do know she's quintessential establishment. Uh, McConnell. I've mentioned before how he reaches into these Senate races across the country. He wants people in the Senate. he can control he he's beholden to many things many special interests uh, the US Chamber of Commerce just a whole variety of things that I number one I don't even know the scope I know probably more of the things that he's beholden to than the average person but he wants these people that he can control. That's why he had no issues with McCain, with Collins, with Murkowski, uh, with Romney. Uh, You know, these squishes, these uh, moderates, these people that flip flop, that you can't depend on because once again, they're quasi, maybe quasi Democrats or liberals or progressives is not quite accurate what is accurate is they don't have firm principles i would dare to say that they certainly don't vote number one based on their constituency i'm pretty confident with the time that i've recently spent in the state of maine over the past i guess six months eight months or so that The populace that I've seen, that I've interacted with, that I've met, uh, and usually once or twice a year, and you have these, of course it's politics, it's these parents that probably will never amount to anything, uh, you know, they're drones in their everyday lives, and and they have a little bit of power, and they want to skew things to benefit them, their teens, or their kids, etc. My one of the things I always said once or twice a year was you should vote with the good of the entire league in every vote. You should ask yourself, if is this good for our, our local Little League? And if it's not, then you have to vote against it. You, you have to do what's best for, for the whole, not for you or your individual team." Now, with that being said, that equates to a senator or a U.S. congressman, well, a senator to hold the value of the the people in his or her state. For a congressman, the people in his or her district. Presidents, the entire country, etc., so on and so forth. So, the reason I wanted to focus on this Alabama uh, Senate runoff is moving our agenda. And when I say our, I mean the common everyday man and woman that gets up, goes to work, is productive, does what they can and wonders why the world is going to hell in a handbasket with each generation. This is why. That today's Senate runoff in Alabama is illustrative of why we are where we are today. And before you think about, you know, Trump coming onto the scene and, and trying to rewrite or tear down the old guard, drain the swamp, hold on. Because Trump is knee-deep in this. And I can't definitively speak to Trump's mindset regarding these two candidates. Um, There's a, a lot of speculation. And I don't know how much of this is on the news, how much anybody listening to this podcast has heard. But I know what I've seen and read I know what is likely the story. Uh, and I wanted to bring you at least bring to you guys my perspective. Because if, if this is being talked about, I, I don't want to say anybody's right or wrong because I haven't heard. I'm going to give you the truth as I see it, my opinions right or wrong, but as somebody that has pretty closely followed politics since the probably well let's say 76 thereabouts paid attention i'm going to give you my honest take on it and how when people you around the water cooler your buddies or campfire whatever the case is and and you say, we, like in 2016 to 2018, when we had Trump as president, control of the House and control of the Senate, and we just couldn't get through uh, other than tax cuts, a couple of other miscellaneous items. We couldn't repeal Obamacare, for instance. Today's primary is a perfect example. Mo Brooks is as conservative a politician And if there's any honest ones, Mo Brooks is it. I don't think he's as probably articulate, maybe quick thinking. Um, I don't think he's Ron DeSantis. I don't think he's necessarily Ted Cruz. But he is as close of a conservative as certainly with his principles as DeSantis or Cruz. Uh, He has faced uphill battles his entire political career. I've heard his name probably, I'm gonna guess eight to 10 years. Uh, He ran for Congress, U.S. House of Representatives once or twice and failed. Uh, He didn't fail based on his principles his conservatism or anything in his record. He failed because the money went to opposing Republican candidates and he was losing in the primary. he I don't believe he has lost a general election. In other words, once he's made it through the primary season, he won in the general. Of course, we're talking Alabama. Uh, Mitch McConnell... Is responsible for Doug Jones. Doug Jones was elected Senate to the Senate from Alabama a few years ago. Uh, McConnell, Washington establishment poured money into certain candidates. That's the year you had this judge that was allegedly stalking teenage girls, 15 year olds. I think it was his, or you know that age group uh, that muddied the waters. And as a result, a Democrat, Doug Jones, was elected. One of the reasons, one of the contributing factors of why we lost the, the vote to, to repeal Obamacare. Uh, I don't know that Purdue, the senator in Georgia, was a McConnell pick, but I think the girl's name was Kelly Leftler that Brian Kemp appointed. She certainly wasn't a conservative. She was kind of moderate, I believe, on certain issues. And Kemp Kemp appointed her because coming off his election, of course, Stacey Abram never conceded. And he thought this was a way to kind of, uh, what do they say, the olive branch, I forget the exact way they extended Olive Branch to the Democrats to show that he was willing to to work to reach across the aisle even though, granted, she was a Republican. She wasn't a quote-unquote far-right or right-wing hardcore conservative, etc. Uh, that name came to Brian Kemp from Mitch McConnell. Raphael Warnock was a horrible candidate in the 2020 senatorial elections. They had the, the runoff. A conservative candidate would have kicked Warnock's ass all day long and twice on Sunday. Once it got to the runoff stage, I don't know if Trump hurt that because he was telling people he was telling republicans to stay home it was rigged i don't know how much of a factor that played in it it's something that i certainly wish trump had not done but he did it uh i that what it is trump's action telling republicans in the state of georgia to stay home that aside You can't change it. Had Leffler been a conservative candidate that wasn't handpicked by the establishment in Washington, i.e. the swamp, it would have never gotten to a runoff. This guy, Warnock, is just a bad man. He's a bad human being. And there were all kind of uh, indicators that were revealed during the primary. So, and that's not that's just recent history. We've we've had uh, milk toast appointees from the state of Arizona through two different governors, Jan Brewer, and I forget who the other. It was before Ducey. Between Jan Brewer and Ducey, who's the governor now? Uh, maybe Steve Ducey. I I get him and his brother mixed up, but. That's why it's so hard to get things through the Senate, especially when we have the majority. That's why it's critical to, to pay attention to the primaries. Uh, the Democrats and the establishment, I mean, for instance, look how they come after Trump. They they go after uh, conservatives, people that have conservative records. For instance, Mo Brooks and, and his opponent, Katie Britt. There's a high-ranking Democrat official in Alabama. He's got a title, maybe the head of the Democrat Party. I don't recall what it is. That's endorsing Katie Britt. Why is he endorsing Britt? Because he knows the only chance that his Democrat candidate has in November is to have somebody that's not a true conservative. What happens when true conservatives are not on the ticket? Conservatives tend to stay home. They they fail to participate. Whereas if they have somebody principled like Mo Brooks, they're, they're more apt To get to the polls that alone should be an indicator uh but there's an article (coughs) excuse me from red state i can't find the original article i read last week but this is a it's also red state but this one was published march 23rd 2022 uh, Donald Trump just pulled one of his biggest endorsements. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I, I'm going to hit some excerpts um, to give you the gist of what's prompted me to get behind this microphone midweek, uh, you know, early in the morning, and try to get this done before the results come out tonight. Trump has endorsed a range of Republican politicians heading into the primaries for November's midterm elections, with one of the earliest and most talked about being his endorsement of Mo Brooks. Brooks, a staunch Trump supporter, is currently running to be the GOP candidate for the US Senate race in Alabama. Trump gave his endorsement to Brooks all the way back in April of 2021. In an incredibly odd turn of events, though, Trump has pulled his endorsement just prior to the primary election happening in May. Now, I want to take a break here. I've said that this is the runoff. So they had the primary originally in May, and there were, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight candidates. The two with the most votes are now running, you know, facing off today in the runoff, and that's Mo Brooks and Katie Britt uh let's see that's all right so i'm gonna skip ahead so what did brooks do to earn such sudden scorn the answer appears to be nothing at least not regarding any personal behavior brooks is still a strong trump supporter he's still a conservative and he hasn't been caught up in any type of scandal rather the reason appears twofold and i think one holds more weight to the other Trump was angry that Brooks wasn't making his campaign center of the 2020 election. And this is a quote from Trump. When I endorsed Mo Brooks, he took a 44 point lead and was unstoppable. He then hired a new campaign staff who brilliantly, and that's in that's uh, quotes, let's say, convinced him to stop talking about the 2020 election. And this was in a statement right around the time this article was published, uh, May 23rd. And by the way, the article's author is some dude named Bonchi. I guess it's a uh, uh, whatever nickname, but it's that's his, what it's, Bonchi, B-O-N-C-H-I-E. Uh, very sad, but since he decided to go in another direction, so have I. And I am hereby withdrawing my endorsement of Mo Brooks for the Senate. I don't think the great people of Alabama would disagree with me. Election fraud must be captured and stopped, or we won't have a country anymore. Unquote. The reason, and and I'm going to stop with the article there, but the reason the guy said twofold, uh, reiterating that Brooks hasn't changed any positions, uh, hasn't been caught up in a scandal. In other words, some t- something in the universe has changed for Trump to pull his endorsement. Now, you just heard Trump's direct quote when asked, or, or maybe that was a press release. Trump is so um, tied up with this 2020 election, I believe in all likelihood that Trump won the election. I believe that there were definitely shenanigans in some states and or major cities of those states. Uh, But I do believe Trump won. What I don't believe is that in his mind, whether he believes he won or lost, at this point, he needs to save that for his potential campaign if he decides to run in 2024. Let that let him put that on his campaign platform. He doesn't need to force that agenda on anybody. Now, I don't know the dynamics of Brooks and his campaign staff, uh, what he's... Decided to focus his attention or unfocus, not focus his attention on. I know the history of Mo Brooks. He was a prosecutor. He he's got votes in the in the House of Representatives, and I think he even served in the Alabama State Congress. I, I don't know for sure, but I believe he may have. The point, whether he has or not. The point is he has a record of voting in the United States House of Representatives that can be looked to and either reinforces his conservative principles and values, raises doubt, questions, or proves that he's a McCain, he's a McConnell, that he talks a big game during... uh, the reelection cycle and then gets back to Washington and does what he wants to. He has a record. Katie Britt, basically her record is serving in the establishment. And I think she's been a staffer, other things like that, but she's been a part of the establishment. To my knowledge, I don't know that she's ever came out on record, differing from any policy taken up by any part of the establishment. She may have, it's just, it's never been brought to my attention. The other reason, remember twofold, okay? Brooks stopped centering on the 2020 election. The other reason was when Trump endorsed Brooks Back in 2021, roughly a year ago, Brooks was the leading uh, candidate at that time. But, you know, you're a year away. Fast forward to March. Brooks was behind. McConnell, probably the Bushes, Karl Rove, the, uh, the Republican establishment has dumped millions of dollars into her campaign, uh, super PACs with ads, flooding the the TVs and radios in Alabama. When you have that kind of money pouring into a state, it's not inconceivable for the polls to flip-flop. Okay? That's what debates are for. That's what interviews are for. That's, that's part of the process. But in March, two months ahead of the primary, Mo Brooks is behind double digits. And I believe that the, that the author of the article is correct, Twofold. Trump was pissed off that he quit focusing on the 2020 election But also, he didn't want to hurt his record of winning endorsements. I believe that more on the latter than the former. Because I believe that tends more to Trump's ego. Whether Mo Brooks uh, focuses on the 2020 election, it doesn't change Trump's status. Okay, what does in a real-time revolving uh, statement to Trump's coattails, as they say, is endorsing winners. He's coming off a loss in Georgia, up uh, with the governor Brian or the former senator Brian Kemp against. I'm sorry, Purdue against Kemp. Kemp basically blew him out. Trump endorsed Purdue because of the 2020 election. Trump was one for two in, I think it was South Carolina, in House elections, U.S. House elections. Uh, There's been a lot of talk about Trump's record in these endorsements. And I fully believe that the main reason Trump Pulled his endorsement from Mo Brooks and shifted it to Katie Britt simply was Britt looked like she was going to be the winner. She certainly had probably, I don't want to say double, but I would say a substantially a larger war chest than Mo Brooks. Just like, oh, I forget the, oh, Liz Cheney. In uh, Montana, out of all of Liz Cheney's money in her campaign war chest, only 3% of it comes from the state that she represents. 97% of her campaign contributions come from either A, other states, or a majority of it comes from the Washington establishment. And it's the same thing with Katie Britt. There's no way in hell Trump is going to endorse Liz Cheney. This chick, Katie Britt, although she may never attack Trump publicly, who knows? We don't know what she'll do. We just know she's part of the establishment. We know what how McConnell did an about face on Trump. I personally believe McConnell sandbagged Trump every step of the way that he could and get away with it. And everybody says, oh, well, at least McConnell, he got the judges. That's his effing job. And and honestly, in those four years, that's about the only effing thing that he did right for the people of this country. And as soon as Trump was gone, and this January 6th crap started, McConnell cut and run. He had his excuse. And so now you have Katie Britt in deep South Alabama, home of Forrest dump. and Donald J. Trump is endorsing the same candidate as Mitch McConnell. And honestly, I don't care what the reason is. I know that everything that Trump has preached since he came down that elevator in 2015, drained the swamp, reduced the size of government, deficits, tax cuts, so on and so forth. Everything he has espoused over the last seven years He is undoing, or he is leaving in question, raising doubts about his sincerity with this endorsement of Katie Britt. If Trump ends up the nominee, I'll vote for him. No questions asked. But if there were no other mitigating circumstances this endorsement of this rhino milk toast hand puppet senate candidate katie britt in alabama that endorsement is just it that alone is enough for me to put my initial support by anybody that runs that is a conservative, i.e. Cruz, DeSantis. And that's about the only two. I'm not going to endorse. I'm I, I, Mike Pence, he's a good man. He's a good family man. He's He believes in God. He's got a lot of great qualities. He failed Trump. He failed the American people. Not in the January 6th issue. That has nothing to do with my feelings. Uh, the other potentials that, you you know, has any merit. Maybe uh, Pompeo, who was Secretary of State under Trump. I don't know if he'll run this year. I know he's kind of positioning himself. Uh, He's either positioning himself for a future run uh, for president or more cabinet-level positions or to go into lobbying, uh, a rich law firm, law law firm, etc. But he's he's pos- positioning himself for for his future also. Uh, Fat ass, Krispy Kreme, Christie, eh, Mitt Romney, Judge eh, uh, or I don't want to get on the Democrats. Uh, I can't think of. Uh, Another Republican that may run. Uh, But certainly of those I've mentioned, Cruz or DeSantis will have my initial at least endorsement, if not meager financial uh, contribution before I give it to the Trumpster. Because this is highly disappointing for a man that harped and ran on and just... Constantly, you know, raised the battle flag to drain the swamp, to to start the process of taking back the government and, and making the government, as Lincoln said, and Trump quasi-referenced in his inauguration speech, of the people, by the people, for the people. Uh, and now... He's done this. So when you lament after Obamacare is passed, um, it's failed to be repealed, all those pieces of legislation that we just missed out on by one or two votes, that you took a couple of years off from paying attention, and and now it's election season, and or, or you you've decided to take a couple of years off, and you go to put gas in your vehicle, and you got to swipe the card twice. This is why Trump's endorsement of this candidate, along with McConnell, these type of Republicans, whether it be the House of Representatives or the United States Senate. These types of endorsements have curtailed the conservative movement. Because, as Rush used to always say, the Washington establishment, the Republicans, they are content to be like the Washington generals. Who's the Washington generals? the generals were the poor sons of bitches that the Harlem Globetrotters used to kick their ass up and down the court when they went on their tours. And that's what how Rush described the Rhino Republicans, the, the Republican establishment. They don't necessarily have to be in leadership. You know, in other words, they don't have to, to hold the House or hold the Senate They're just, if not more so, content to be the opposition. Because when they are in power, now they're responsible. Now they have to define or, or, you know, endorse their principles. And most of them don't have principles. So that's why they're just as content to. Finish a close second. This gun control law crap. They they have to know it's a it's the beginning, it's just one more chip in the foundation of the Second Amendment. I don't care if eighteen in our society is considered an adult. And if you forbid, prohibit the purchase of long, you know, rifles, shotguns, etc., for 18 to 21 or 18 to 20, those are Americans. Those are adult Americans. Those men, women are covered by the second amendment. And they, they turn themselves into pretzels Oh, they—they're not. Their brain's not fully developed. They can't make rational decisions yet. When Obama was leaving office, they were, you know, starting the the chant of lowering the the voting age to 16. And I would say, if there's a one positive step for society when it comes to teenagers and and prohibitions or restrictions, I would say that before I raised the age to buy a weapon from 18 to 21, I would raise the age to have a a 100% standalone driver's license from 16 to 18. Because a lot of these car accidents involve in that 16 to 18 age range either distracted by a phone or they have more passengers than they're supposed to have in their vehicle and they get distracted by the passengers. So as far as the pure number of deaths, you would eliminate more deaths by raising the driver's license age rather than raising the age to buy weapons. They they say that uh, you can't rationally determine right and wrong and, and all this stuff from 18 to 21, so you can't buy a weapon. Yet, they're trying to transition our babies earlier and earlier. They'll take them from parents. If the parents don't go long, a, a young girl, whatever age, She's depressed she might be a little chunky she might be a little skinny what you know whatever I didn't have girls so I don't I don't know their issues of course as adults, but that's a different story. Uh, nevertheless, there's any number of things why a, a preteen or teenage girl may be depressed or, or whatever back in the old days, you know you'd have a talk with her or, you know whatever try to get her involved in an activity, friends, uh, the church. Nowadays, if a girl has these same issues that girls have had for God knows probably since Eve, well, now it's because they're a man in a woman's body and they need to embrace that they were born in the wrong body. This horseshit, that's what they're being fed. It's not that you're a typical everyday teenage, preteen, young woman that within reason, the same age group faces all over the globe. No, the reason you are having these issues is because you're really a man, but you were born with a female body. So let me help you transition. Let me put you on testosterone at, at 11, 12, 13 years old. The swim organization. I heard this top of the hour news overnight uh, at work that for these female swimmers, if they don't transition by the age of twelve, if they don't start their transition, they cannot compete in like the Olympics and whatever you know, all those national or worldwide swimming events because there th- that age was determined that that's the beginning of puberty. So. If, if, a, if a male starts puberty, then that solely gives him an unfair advantage over females several years down the line. How about if he was born with a twig and berries? Okay? If he was born with male genitals? He don't compete in women's athletics. That's the common sense thing. That's the rational thinking. He's born with, you know, the thing. So just based on that, he will have an unfair advantage. Look at these women that that's trying to compete in these uh, pro sports at the highest levels. It's a joke not because the women are not good athletes in and of you know their own talent mental fortitude they just don't have the ability to compete with men on a consistent, Basis. I can remember maybe ten years ago, roughly. Time Magazine has a a issue sitting on the newsstands, and it's like here we, we you know scientists discovers something like this. Don't quote me, but scientists discovers that men and women really are different. What, what, are you kidding me? I mean, how, you, you know, at what age did, did, did you discover that men and women were different? And it varies, you know, different events, but it was obvious. This Katie Britt, she is the type of senatorial candidate that you cannot, do not, will not have the confidence that will vote with conservatives on issues like these, on issues of tax cuts, on issues of conservative originalist judges on the bench. Mo Brooks, you can bet your ass that Mo Brooks is going to vote with conservative principles and values. And I just think it is, it is a shame and I am very extremely disappointed that Trump decided to pull that endorsement of Mo Brooks. Because if you've heard and followed Mo Brooks and know of the things that he's done over the last eight or 10 years, you would feel the same as I do. I mean, it's it's just, I just can't believe it. I just, I cannot understand, you know, If you want to run in 2024, you run. Again, you focus on the 2020 election in your campaign. If Trump had principles, dare I say, dare I venture or or piss any of my listeners, quote unquote, and I'm not sure if that should be plural, but dare I say or or chance pissing a Trump supporter off by lamenting how disappointed I am based on ego and a record when if you're truly here for the country and the future of your kids, grandkids and everybody's kids and grandkids There would be zero question. You would not endorse a candidate based on anything other than what you've witnessed face-to-face, human one-on-one interaction, examining a record and not a two-year record, a record that spans the political or public life of that individual, who that person has surrounded themselves with, who that person has worked with, worked for, any legislation that they had a hand in writing, endorsing, supporting. Those are reasons you give your endorsement. You don't give your endorsement to somebody based on whether you think they're gonna win or lose. Because if that's the case, even though it's a different standard, whether it's where they're at in the polls or whether it's them not supporting uh, your election defeat, such as it was. If you base your endorsement on one or both of those two principles, well, yeah, those are different reasons or different principles than Mitch McConnell or John McCain or Lindsey Graham. Yeah, those those are different Trump. So, you know, I can't call you a a Republican establishment, a rhino type Trump. But I can honestly tell you this and I can tell you this with conviction and without hesitation that regardless of your motivation for supporting Katie Britt based on your statement and based on the events surrounding it and all of the indicators over the last couple of months. The fact that you pulled your endorsement from Mo Brooks and put it behind Katie Brent Britt, who probably will win. It's going to take a miracle for Margaret Brooks to win, in all honesty. That's why I wanted to get this podcast out before the election because it's 7.30 and the polls either opened at seven or they open at eight in Alabama because I think they're an hour behind East Coast time. But you have placed yourself, Mr. President, in the same corner as everything you have rallied against, fundraised against, and fought against over the last seven years. Mr. President, you are now in that corner by this endorsement of Katie Britt and the Alabama Republican Senate runoff. I don't know how I don't know any other way to look at it, to view it. I don't know any other way to articulate it. Um, And I don't care who it may or may not offend. That's why it's called principles. That's why these today's issues, transgender, that agenda, um, you know, this, fake climate change, global warming, abortion rights. That's why these principles, you know, if you're conservative or even the other side, that's a hill you're willing to die on. And I know we are in this position today because of Senate Republicans like Katie Britt. US House of Representatives like Paul Ryan, John Boehner, Kevin Car- uh, McCarthy, how do, we won't know yet. When he was under Boehner and Paul Ryan, he had all appearance of, an, of a rhino, of an establishment. Since them two were gone, he appears to have changed his tune. But if, if the Republicans take the house, In the midterms, we'll see. Now it's time to put up or shut up. So we'll see about McCarthy, but I can, on a quick note, I can tell you, if if you've gotten pissed off about Fox News, their coverage, the promotion of the transgender story where the, the mom said that the kid knew it like two years old which is absurd. The whole effing thing story was absurd. But if if you've gotten pissed off about something at Fox News over the last year or two, a couple years or so, guess who is on the board of directors? Paul Ryan. When you sit there and toot the horn of Karl Rove or what's that... uh, prosecutor, former house guy with the funky hair, Trey Gowdy. He's another one. Talk's a big game. But if you've gotten pissed off about the coverage or or the slant, I shouldn't say slant, the direction of Fox News recently, look at Trump's endorsement of Katie Britt because those types that's who's running Fox News. That's who Trump basically endorsed. You cannot pull yourself away. You cannot disassociate from McConnell and then endorse Britt and say you're you're an opponent of McConnell, or he's a Rhino, or he's a this, or he's a that. Because not only did McConnell uh, endorse Britt. And give her probably a couple of three, four million dollars. Not only is there that evidence. But you've just pulled your endorsement from a conservative. From a principled conservative. And given it to somebody that everything that she's done. That's public knowledge points to the establishment. And you've said, people of Alabama, this is who you should elect. This is the conservative. This is who I'd vote for if I were a citizen here. Anyway, I am rapidly running out of time. Thank you for listening to The Forgotten Conservative. And I will get back to you, hopefully sooner than later. Hope you enjoyed it. And thank you for listening.